Hi guys, it's Laura with the trigger warnings for this episode. We are putting warnings on for sexually explicit content, including sexualization of children and discussions of suicide and drug use. So please take care of yourselves and enjoy the episode. You can't play electric magnetic golf according to the rules of centrifugal bumble puppy. Hey look, it's, hey, a, look, butterfly. it's a butterfly. <laughs> Hey! Hello! Oh my gosh! It feels like it's been for I've every time. It's been forever. It's been one month. <laughs> I know. I know. I do feel like it's been a long time. But yeah, it's been a long time since we talked. Because the last time we talked was the recording date. Welcome back to the Reading Rainbow Space, the podcast where we read books that we're supposed to read in high school or middle school or whatever school, and we talk about what mm. we think, why you had to read them, was it worth it? Eh. I don't know. And our Zoom meeting is already running And we're down. already at a time. You know what? It's been fun, folks. But we're here for, we're not here for a long time. We're here for a good time. Exactly. So yeah. with that, we sign off. Goodbye. I was like, we can do this episode in the nine, nine minutes, minutes and 34 seconds. Or yeah, maybe. it's called, hello, bad book. Thank you. Goodbye. Yep. Goodbye. Well, spoiler alert. Are you still recording? Yeah. Nice. I sneezed, uh, so we definitely oh. caught that. Well, Those I sound le- bites. I left you a little message in the between times. <laughs> oh, I was so excited. Maybe the listeners will get it, too. I like how every time we open up the, like, we start this, we're like, oh, how are you? And we're just using it as an excuse to talk to each other, but then, like, every now and then we'll be like, oh, and you too, listeners. Mm, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, I, this is kind of for you, but it's mostly for us. Yeah, it's mostly <laughs> the only way that we can... Ha, com, be, make sure that we at least talk once a month. Whoa, because whoa. Oh, okay. I was no, like, I mean, no, it's it's my fault. I was like, is this I'm, the only thing holding us together as friends? That would be No, this freaking. is just one of the many things that is holding us it's together. It's one of so many things. Literally It's so that, many. thrifting, rainbow, rainbow kitten surprise, surprise. <laughs> hey. being Asian. Adoptee. Uh, yeah, adoptee. Uh-huh. Coffee. Yeah. Co-college. There's many threads. And they were all severed. I was like, I don't, re- I don't really like quantifying it because when you like put it in a list like that, it's so short. You're like, it's all so fragile. Yeah, no, exactly. no, 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 no. <laughs> I don't <I'm>, want. <laughs> it ain't like that. It isn't. No, or our, um, our friendship runs deep. <laughs> Deeper than the roots of a lotus flower. Yes, mm-hmm. or whatever other plant has a deep roots. Bamboo. I really don't know anything. A I bamboo. I'm talking about stuff I don't know. A bamboo. Um, okay, so we did our little spiel, uh, and then we had ten minutes left in a Zoom call. Uh, yeah. What do we do next? We, uh, next, we're gonna this. Let's get this showboat on the rowboat for the month of July. We read Brave New World by Aldous Huxley. Oh yeah. There's a lot to say, but it can all be summarized in like one word yeah. but before we get into what a brave new world is actually about which i'm sure many of us are familiar with it is one of those named classics in Ugh. american literature which no offense can't trust it but nope. um i will give you a book fact is it that interesting no not really but <laughs> it's a book fact all the same mm-hmm. all right the title a brave new world is derived from the tempest Written by William Shakespeare from Act 5, Scene 1. And I will now <clears throat> recite it for you. Oh, wonder how manly, goodly creatures... Nope, I already fucked it up. All right, oh <laughs> again, take two. Oh, wonder how many goodly creatures are there here. How beauteous mankind is. Oh, brave new world that has such people int. And it's like I-N apostrophe T. So it's like, in it, but it's not. <laughs> Uh, that's that's the fact. I, I'm sure there's much many more interesting facts. Mm-hmm. I guess another fact I'll just throw in there because I'm probably going to go into it later is um, it's often compared to 1984, 1984 by George Orwell. I think there was some sort of an apprenticeship going on between the two mm-hmm. or at least correspondence. Yes, there was. Um, but... I looked it up in my author fact. Oh, perfect. Well, take it away, Laura. Okay. Alice Huxley... He has a very extensive Wikipedia page, and I 
was trying to choose just one fact and it's very difficult because wow. um, I'll just I'll just go off. So he was he's English. He was born there, born into the prominent Huxley family. He lived an interesting life. He like was a writer. He um, he was like a teacher for a bit, but it says in here he was mainly remembered as being an incompetent schoolmaster, unable to keep order in class. Oh, God. OK. Um, he moved to the United States. He applied for um, citizenship. And didn't get it because he would not take up arms because he was a pacifist. He became involved in Eastern like wisdom and um, Wait, philosophy. Wait, is pacifism is that where it's like violence to just he justifies violence for the means to an end or whatever? Or he will not fight. Oh, he will not fight. It's the yes. opposite. What's the opposite of a pacifist then? I have no clue. A violent human being. Yeah. Um. If a toughie, a toughie. <laughs> a toughie. I'm a, uh, I'm a toughie. Yeah. Um, yeah, he wrote a lot about his um, yeah, worries for the future, including Babe New World. Uh, he also wrote about his psychedelic experiences because he tried LSD, um, mescaline. And so uh, the, the sections in this ar- uh, article um, include career, late in life expect- perspectives, association with Vedanta. I don't know how to say that. I'm sorry. Psychedelic drug use is. and mystical experiences, eyesight, personal life, eyesight, death, <laughs> awards. <laughs> and his film adaptations and bibliography. Oh, the bibliography is not part of it. It's just the... that's just that's just the general. Okay. Um, oh, he was offered knighthood or some sort of some level of knighthood. I'm, it's kind of unclear to me. And he did he did not want it and did not give reasons for it. Okay. So I've seen what I need to see, and the answer is no. Immediately <laughs> the answer is no. Immediately no. Automatically no. No. Okay. First of all, I think philosopher is both used way too commonly mm. and also is it's just like because it's used by everyone it's just yeah. automatically like wow we're gatekeeping a, philosophy Let's i know no, it's not even <laughs> i'm not even gatekeeping yeah i just think it puts a bad taste in my mouth because it's the same thing as like <clears throat> when yeah. people say like oh i'm an empath i'm like okay okay and they're like oh i'm a philosopher i'm like i'm not which is not to say yeah. that like empaths and philosophers aren't Real, I guess I am gatekeeping. Shit, hmm. God. <laughs> oh, not a great look for me. Oh but also, um. I don't know. I have I have negative emotions with this sure. whole business. But we're gonna go into that later. Yeah. Um, those were our author and book facts, and now I will read to you the Goodreads blurb, which will tell you somewhat, maybe, maybe, probably not as good. What Brave New World is about. Brave New World is a dystopian novel by English author Aldous Huxley, written in 1931 and published in 1932. Largely set in a futuristic world state, inhabited by genetically modified citizens and an intelligence-based social hierarchy, the novel anticipates huge scientific advancements in reproductive technology, sleep learning, psychological manipulation, and classical conditioning that are combined to make a dystopian society which is challenged by only a single individual. The story's protagonist. And blurb. But I don't think it really told us enough. Yeah, that's like the gist of it. Right. Laura, go off and tell us the actual details of what Brave New World is about, please. Thank you. Last night I was talking to our mutual, now mutual friend and Mm -hmm. former guest, Maya. Um... And she's never read it. So I said, it's a story about people who all suck. Um, and it's kind of racist. <laughs> the end. And that's it. Um, so uh, I'm, I'm not going to tell you the point-by-point plot of this one, unlike others. I'm just going to give you vibes only. So this is a world based on um, where Henry Ford is their god. Yep. <laughs> because um, I guess they just took his idea of the assembly line and ran with it. It's it's a consumerism, consumerism. Everybody's consuming constantly. Everybody's having sex constantly. Um, mm-hmm. They're like everybody belongs to everyone. They're like monogamy. Mm-mm, no shame on you. It's the society where everybody's separated into like alphas, betas, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because um, they've used hypnopedia, which means as infants, everybody has a little voice recording, whispering to them that alphas are the best, gammas wear green, blah, 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 take your birth control. Um, <laughs> take your birth control. <laughs> yeah, like at night. But, um, and they're all, but they all rhyme. Like all these yes. are like, they're like, a gra- <laughs> better a gram than give a damn or some, something. Yeah, 
something like blah 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 soma and something like that and yeah um and it works like it's like this is science um the other reason is because they have genetically engineered these people to be that way um so they have like factories where they make 600 copies i guess of the same person which is hard to visualize um but they also do stuff like tilt some of the embryos so that later on they have a better sense of balance so that they can do certain like industrial jobs better and i'm like that's eugenics actually yeah um wow okay so that's the society we have the main main ish characters there's bernard right yeah bernard okay there's bernard bernard it's english i'm not totally sure um who he is an alpha but he says he is like a little shorter than the other alphas and he feels like he can never get any respect around here um and then there's lenina who i get i think is another alpha and she's there um she works and lives in the society and then um those two got a little date to i think arizona or something um <laughs> to go look at a reservation of quote-unquote savages um there they um find john who is the son of linda and linda is someone from their society who was gotten pregnant and left behind by accident by bernard's boss he brings john and linda back um, which embarrasses the boss because, again, monogamy is uh-uh and pregnancy is uh-uh. So mm-hmm. um, when they come back, the director, like, leaves and exhausts himself in shame. Um, and then John, he's been curious because he's heard about the society his whole life. Um, so he kind of knows what it is. And he's never been able to totally fit into the community and the reservation because they reject him because they're like, you're not one of us. So he's had a pretty tough life. He goes to their... Um, society and then Bernard becomes super popular because he's got this like shiny person to like show mm-hmm. off to people um, becomes really obnoxious about it and then um, but John just he just is like this place sucks this is wackadoodle um, mm-hmm. what are we doing here and that's really all that happens Lenina, he falls in love with Lenina and Lenina falls in love with him but she wants to have sex and he doesn't and he freaks out um, so then I don't even know. They get caught by like the big head guy, the controller, yeah. um, which is just like an, an anamorphs. I know that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I was just like, oh, controller. Really? Yeah, the controller like an anamorph. So he has a yerk in his brain. Um, mm-hmm. And they're like, what was it? They're like in trouble, and he exiles Bernard and his other friend Hermholtz, who is also involved. <laughs> Um, yeah, they're sent away to the not the Cayman Islands, the Falkland Islands. Um, John, basically like Norway or something. They're like, we've sent you away to or Iceland, Iceland, right? I think Isn't no, that, where the, or, that was where they were gonna go originally. But Hormholtz chose the Falkland Islands, which is near Argentina, for them to go. And they're like, okay, bye, John. And John's like, what about me? And the controller's like, let's see what happens. So John tries, and John tries to go live on his own in a lighthouse, but people will not stop bothering him. And they film him and all these things. Um, and then all these people show up because he was like filmed one night. Um, and they all start beating each other, I think. And they're all like, people are dead. And then he uh, hangs himself. Yeah. That's the end of the book. <laughs> One, I will say, when I was listening to the book, the reader, and I'm not saying this is right or wrong, he pronounced the woman's name Lenina, and okay. then I heard, and then I listened to other people review the book, and they said Lenina. I don't know what her name is. Um, and then, of course, I mean, just, it's mighty convenient that they went to this reservation, yes. and they found the only white man mm. there one, they use the word savage, which, you know, whatever. Of the times, they didn't freaking know. Mm-hmm. But two, yeah, they're just like, oh, also, even though we're in a place where we would meet indigenous people, we're not going to meet them. We're going to meet this white guy. And I'm like, oh. I know. No. Okay. So I want to, okay, this is a pet peeve of mine in world building is when they like create something in the society and there's clearly like purpose and stuff, but it's not like ever explained and it, for me, it's the it's the games they play, like obstacle golf or like sub zero, yeah. blah blah blah. Um, I'm like or centrifugal bumble puppy. Yeah, I'm like, there's obviously like rules to this, um, but we're never gonna learn like what exactly it is, and it just irritates me. So I want to know what do you think is the um, what was it the 
What is electromagnetic golf? <laughs> I actually did, because I listened to this book, and after that I was like, I don't know what I read, but I don't yeah. think I liked it. So then I read a bunch of summaries, and I did a bunch of, like, external research. Mm, good. From, wow, wow. I know, I'm, finally. I love it. it only oh, my took gosh. Me three seasons and six episodes mm -hmm. for me to finally actually look something up. So, like, electromagnetic golf and centrifugal bumble puppy and everything, they're all these... Like, the purpose of them is to be convoluted, and you mm -hmm. use all these devices, and the state and the controllers or whoever the manufacturers are, are mm -hmm. like, they wanted to make games that were that were explicitly convoluted. They had to have a minimum of certain, like, devices that they used. Yeah. And so I would imagine it's something to do with consumerism. Because Centrifugal Bumble Puppy was a game that they would play with the kids, and it was like... A ball drops down and then hits a thing. It's like a Rube Goldberg machine. And then in the end, it just throws the ball. And then a bunch of okay. kids go after it. Well, and like one of the phrases that they have... Actually, I don't remember all of the sleep... Whatever, the hypnopedic... Blah, the blah. hypnopedic phrases they were. But one of them, it was all about like... New is better. Like if something mm, gets worn yeah. out, throw it away and get something new. Don't mend things. Yes. The book opens with... A bunch of like medical students going around in the I don't know all the terms that they use in the book sure. but it's like the birthing facility yeah. where all the embryos are and then they show like this is how they're grown and then they are at a young age conditioned to be promiscuous with each other which mm -hmm. is also just like this stop. is questionable stop it like part of me is just like okay so this is in a world where Ooh. They're somewhat normalizing sex, but it doesn't seem like it's in a healthy way. No. <laughs> and then, like, once you're sorted into your class, then you get, like, conditioned, which yeah. means they would, like, put a bunch of babies out, and they'd, like, put a book in front of them, and every time the baby went for it, they'd electrocute the baby. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, not electrocute, that's, no. No, but they'd shock them, yeah. They would shock them, but it wouldn't electrocute, like, electrocute sounds like <laughs> to the fullest extent of the law, but, like, <laughs> yeah. like, they shock them and it's or like if they look at nature or something and that's to keep them in subservience in a way it's like ignorance yeah. is bliss so if they never want it then they don't know what they're missing out on but also right. it's total classism but i wasn't sure yeah but i think the way that you mentioned it is they just the babies are or embryos are mm -hmm. created and then parceled off and then meddled with so that they yes fall in line with like a delta versus a gamma or something yes like it's it's very fake science like they do all this stuff like um like i mentioned they like t they like tilt the embryos around so that they like those um people will have a better sense of balance they did another one i think where they exposed them more to colder temperatures so that they could like withstand mm -hmm. that um and i'm like this is not real <laughs> okay <laughs> you really gotta suspend your belief for this and i am um, not <laughs> i would say it's hard for me to, to suspend disbelief sometimes on like the very first pages they explained this like Bokanovsky process which is like the main process of like multiplying people and embryos and stuff he mentions that by that process they turn like one or whatever into 96 identical twins and i want to know like why 96 why is that the number we settled on and also it's not right because it's like I would, okay, listen, cells divide in two. That's what I would assume that would be happening. And I know the embryo is not going through mitosis or whatever, but like 96 is not a power of two. Why is it 96? Yes, I don't go off. understand. Go this off, is, Laura. Mm, <laughs> mm. Talk about the number 92. It's go. not, it's not possible. I don't understand it. I hate it so much. Uh, why 96? And listen, who is Bokanovsky? What is this? Like, why is this the way it is? I was so confused about this. After reading Aldous Huxley's bio, I am like, okay, it does make sense that this came from you. But I don't, like, please tell me, where did you learn that 96 is the proper number for this fake science? What's happening? And I'm not a biologist. There could be a real reason, but it just doesn't make any sense. Okay, I'm just going to go straight to my next question. They keep saying yeah. twins for people who are identical. And I always think twins, triplets, quadruplets, etc. Um, yeah. Are like, that means that they're the same. But then like, Okay, they like say stuff like, oh, there's eight twins, or a stream of twins came into the room. And I'm like, that means that they're all identical, right? That's confusing. I is that it, what you think? In my head, if you say eight twins, I'm like, so there's eight sets of two, of twins. So Eight sets or, eight, or four sets? 
eight sets of twins. If you say eight, what? So wait, there's sixteen was, people. Wait, okay, I, let me go. <laughs> what is the exact wording? I'll the find power it. of by the power of two. What does it say? <laughs> um, eight identical Dravidian twins in khaki looked out of the eight portholes of the cabin. The stewards. Oh. Well, uh, then I guess there's four sets of tw- so there's okay. <laughs> if we do so, there's two twins, Nick and Nora, and they're identical. So that's okay. one set. And then there's two other twins, Steve and Stacy. Yeah. And that and that's another set. Maya and Miguel. Then, and that's another two. And then Artemis and Apollo. <laughs> Artemis and Apollo. So then that's eight, but it's People. four sets. Okay, yes. that's what I would think too, but I really don't think that's what he means. I think he means like that's eight of the same person. Uh, or the same looking person. I don't oh, understand. Yeah, he's also, I, just, I don't know what Dravidian is. I just noticed that word. He just like inserts words. I know. I did expand. Okay, to be fair. Yes, I expanded my vocabulary. But did I need to know words that like. Oh, they're like dude. random medical words in here. And you Google it and it's like long in the face. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you very dude, much. Okay, one honest. of the words that got me is viviparous. Okay. And that but, means yeah. to, in, to induce labor. It's like the, it's like aroused, it's like kind of like aroused, like I'm aroused, mm-hmm. but that, but this is like, I'm aroused in the sense that I'm compelled to like induce labor, but he also uses it in a lot of ways. And I'm like, I don't know why anyone would be, in, well, he's, be he's saying that like, labor. um, cause in this society, no one is born like through live labor. Like they're all engineered and like mm-hmm. no one has birth. So like, it's like scandalous to think of pregnancy and to think of mention any kind of parenthood so yeah. it's viviparous as in like people giving birth to people as opposed to this like whatever they call it Bukinowski yeah. process like they don't have family units or anything um everyone belongs to everyone so viviparous because i feel like he used it in the sense that like she was viviparous and i'm just like what does that mean <laughs> yeah i did like i had to google a lot of words just to know it and a lot of them were unsatisfying yeah uh my next unanswered question it's a bit of a gripe but i don't and i've seen this summary of a brave new world like multiple times mm. and it's all the same it's always like challenged by a single individual colon the story's protagonist yeah. <laughs> but the story's protagonist is not a single person it's like no. like when i was listening to it first it's like lenina for like a good chunk yeah and then it goes to bernard or bernard and lenina or lenina or lenina no one mm-hmm. knows and then it goes to john and so then i'm just like stop calling it this like there's there can yeah. be it's okay to, for there to be multiple protagonists but just stop saying by a single individual because like that ain't that ain't no it. so I guess my question is, who would you say is the story's protagonist? Because I guess it's, I guess Bernard is like the one that connects everyone, but then he dies or gets cast yeah. away. So then it's John. And I think, I think it's the conversation between John and the world controller that mm-hmm. happens with, which is like the crucial part, I would say, of the yeah. dystopian. It's the same speech that you get in The Giver and it's the same speech mm. you get in 1984 and all these ones where it's like, an anthem, like, what if we were all the same? And then why are we all the same? And why is it yeah. better this way? And it's what always about like... art? <clears throat> yeah, they're like, what about art or choosing the one you love or whatever? And yeah. then, and in this one, they say, uh, you know, like, you choose to suffer, right? Yes. And that's, and the world controller, it's revealed that the world controller also had the option to... He, like, there's a whole world controller program. And he had the option to either, like, do that or mm-hmm. go and be, like... Helmholtz and Bernard and like go to an island and be exiled or something like that. Yeah, and go meet interesting people. Yeah, and then, but he was like, and I made the sacrifice and I chose. I I chose a uh, I chose to be a world controller. Yeah. So if that crucial conversation is happening to John, is not he the protagonist? I well, I would agree that John is the protagonist. Like. Yeah, the first half it does just focus on Bernard and Lena Lenina. <laughs> say whatever you need to say, whatever her so name do is. Do what you got to do. Lenina. Say what you need to say. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah. John Mayer. Thank you. So yeah, it does focus on them quite a bit at the beginning, and Bernard is a very like 
he's anxious and you he has the inklings of a rebel because he's kind of unhappy in society but he does eventually choose to more buy into society and like play by its rules because he tries to become super popular and like get all these women and blah 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 um Whereas John, when he enters society, um, yeah, he's very off-put. He refuses. He doesn't take Soma. He doesn't know why his mom mm-hmm. wants to take Soma, which is, oh, by the way, listeners, is like this drug mm-hmm. that everybody takes all the time. Um, yes. And just, just makes you happy. That's pretty much it. Uh, like, when she dies, she's in this home for, like, dying people, and everybody's very, like, turned off and, like, disgusted because people don't, also, people don't age in this book, so they just get old but look the same. Um, so people are like, they don't know why she looks old. Um, and then they're like conditioning again. This is when the eight sets of twins come. No, a stream of twins mm. comes in. Um, so all these children come in and they're conditioning them to like not take death so seriously. And they're like crawling all over around and like laugh, looking at his mom. And he's like, "Go away!" Um, yeah, he's like, so, "Let her die in peace." Yes. And then he also he. Um, oh, this is the reason he get, they get taken to the controller. He um, sees like a line of. Um, it's not, I don't remember I don't remember their rank, but it's like gamma or delta or some kind of people um, who all look the same. Um, they're waiting for their soma rations, and he's like, he just goes off. He's like, I'm gonna free you guys. So he throws the soma over like the side of the balcony, um, mm-hmm. and there's like a riot, and then like the police show up, and that's when they take him and Bernard. And Bernard tries to like he's so indecisive because he's like, should I go help them? And then when the police shows up, he's like. I gotta go, and they're like, "No, you're coming, <laughs> you're coming with us." Um, so I would say, yeah, John is the one eventually driving the philosophical questions, the core of the book, the action, the plot, blah blah blah. After he shows up, of course. Um, but I was setting up Bernard to be the protagonist, but I don't think he. I don't but, think he did, did a good no, job. No, not main character material. <laughs> um, I have one. And unanswered question left, so... And this one I am actually kind of intrigued by. So, I, we mentioned it earlier, but, like, 1984, by George Orwell, which we have read on the podcast, is mm. often compared... Like, Brave New World and 1984 are often in conversation with each other yeah. in a lot of literary articles and texts and all that. Um, and I read something that I thought was interesting. I want to know if you agree or disagree or yeah. what your thoughts are. So... It says, in 1984, people are controlled by inflicting pain. In Brave New World, they're controlled by inflicting pleasure. Mm. Do you agree? I would say, I think that is a pretty good way of putting it. Um, um, I don't like. I don't think it's an oversimplification. I think that if mm-hmm. you were to compare and contrast the worlds, that makes a lot of sense. Because um, in 1984, there's constant um, scarcity. You know, like, they're always mm-hmm. they're worried about rations and stuff like that. Um Everything's dirty and grimy, I think. Whereas in Brave New World, um, there's a surplus. Like, they're encouraged to always consume, always consume, always get new. Even, like, when they die, their bodies um, are instantly, like, they're sent to, like, be vaporized and turned into materials to, like, then use after. Yeah. Um, So, um, yeah, the pleasure versus pain. I think that is a really good comparison. They also both um, control information in different ways. In 1984, it's very overt. Like, they... Um, keep people like destabilized by constantly re-editing the history oh, yeah, and the current yeah. events and stuff. Whereas in Brave New World, they just turn them off from that completely. They're like, um, you wouldn't even want to know. Uh, well, they do use the pain. They use the electroshock to like discourage them from yeah. um, wanting to like be curious. But that's like condition, and then they l- never touch them again because they're right, like. Yeah, already... But then they're like, look at all this other fun stuff that you could do instead, um, like the weird orgy stuff. Orgy porgy. Yeah. Um, so I think that, yeah, it is, I th- like, yeah, you can view them um, side by side. And it, there are a lot of, like, interesting comparisons to make. In the Wikipedia article about Aldous Huxley, he does mm-hmm. mention that, like, yeah, he wrote a letter to George Orwell saying, like, praising 1984. Um, and he, just to paraphrase, saying that, like, yeah, I think that tomorrow's leaders are going to learn that they can control people more through, like, um, Basically, by Brave New World um, ways of doing it, by, like, not only scaring them and trying to, like, terrorize them into falling in line, but to, like, entice them into it um, with, yeah. you know, like, offering honey or whatever. I don't know. Like, yeah. <laughs> whatever, yeah, you wanna, some, whatever you want to say. Whatever your ambrosia may be. Yeah, sure. Nice ambrosia and nectar. Uh, I know. Mm. I love using mm. the word ambrosia. And Soma, wow. like, hits the same. I'm like, it sounds yeah. so nice and, like, a, sounds like a, in, like, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe, sounds like Turkish Delight. Oh, Even yeah. Even though Turkish Delight is freaking disgusting. <laughs> I haven't even had it, but I've heard it, and I'm like, I think it has nuts in it. I'm like, eh. 
smell like nuts. Um, I, I would try it. I would say that. When you put like 1984 and Brave New World together, just in the plot of the dystopian, they follow the same formula essentially in yeah. that these protagonists kind of like venture outside of their dystopian world. You kind of think that they're going to find a way to be happy. Well, not so much in this book, but in 1984, um, what were the, the two people, they were like kind of trying to be happy um, and then get taken away by the secret police or whatever they call them. Mm-hmm. Um and get their feelings erased and whatnot. Um, and then, like, get eaten by rats or something. <laughs> yeah. Whereas in this one, it's, it's like, not, the plot is not the same because John kind of, like, he does have hopes. Like, he grew up hearing that this civilization was, like, amazing and everything was awesome and everybody was happy. And then he, like, yeah. slowly realizes, oh, this is a horror show. <laughs> and John, I guess, yes, it is similar. Like, because John does strike out to try to live on his own. He tries to, like, farm at a lighthouse or something, which I'm, like... What do you what do you know about England's agricultural climate? <laughs> but you know, no matter. Listen, as a, as a white man, he can do anything. The land yeah. is his to reap. In terms of plausibility, 1984 makes a lot more sense. Um, and I could like, I think that 1984 is scarier as a dystopia. You could also say, um, yeah, because it's inflicting. It's like using fear to like a torture. Yeah. Um, whereas Brave New World, like, would you want to go live there? Mm-hmm. <laughs> like. <laughs> Yeah, oh, that was another thing. It was, like, I saw on some reviews, they were, like, is it a dystopian or is it a, is it a dystopia or a utopia? Yeah. Which, and I think it's, in that sense, it's very similar to The Giver, where it's just, like, mm. if we're all the same, if we don't see color, ignorance is bliss. Like, would you rather, or, you know, the classic Matrix, like, red pill, blue pill. Yeah. Um, And I think that was another difference. In 1984, it was, like, you, you find out a little information that leads to quote unquote the truth or you find out that the Mm -hmm. government is just doing some shady shit yeah and then it's up to you to just put that in the back of your mind and continue on Mm -hmm. versus like in brave new world they're like or also even in the giver Mm -hmm. they're like take these pills and it keeps you sedated yeah in the giver it's more like they it doesn't give you any like psychedelic after effects yeah yeah, I think, yeah, whether you want to say pain versus pleasure, like, suppression of feelings versus, like, encouraging them to, like, feel and, like, engage all their senses all the time. Yeah, I think that yeah. is pretty interesting. Um, It also, I mean, they go in different directions because 1984 is a lot about the control of information. Um, yeah. Whereas Brave New World, it is a little bit about a control of information because they discourage the intellectualism. But it's all, it's more about consumerism um, Yeah. than anything. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but I do, I do like them. I think they go well as a pair. I prefer 1984 though. As a world to live in or a book to read? <laughs> as a book to read. Uh, <laughs> I was just like, oh my god. <laughs> um, I don't want to live in either one of them, but at the same what and in a way, we live in both of them. Hmm? Oh my god. We live in both of them at the same my time. My brain exploded. <laughs> I'm ready for Judgment Day. Okay, great. Let's go. Perfect. Great. Okay. Okay. Here we are. I want to... Okay, I have just so many, like, th- like little thoughts about this freaking book. Okay, first of all, they're like, everybody's being afraid of being sent to Iceland. And I'm like, Iceland's nice. I don't know if it's, like, today's, like, travel <laughs> yeah. insta people. But I'm like, it's, Iceland's pretty okay. <laughs> like, there's cool things there. <laughs> um, For one thing. For another... They use the word pneumatic 50 million times in this book. And the first time they use it to refer to a person, a woman. And so I Googled it and it does mean like big boobed. Wow. But then they, <laughs> I'm glad we have that word. Right. But then they also use it later to refer to like something like an object. And like that means obviously like powered by air because you have like pneumatic tubes and stuff, which is the only context in which I knew what pneumatic meant. So I was like, why, <laughs> why are we using this language? Is it the time? Is it England? I don't know. As I mentioned before, this book is expanded my vocabulary and i'm not happy about it because like it's words like that and all these yeah like these medical words and all these fake words like buck and obsky that i'm like i i'm unhappy that i know these words when you could have used different words i think that was one of my like judgments is when you were explaining it even in the summer you made it sound like way more interesting than actually having to listen to what is going on like i think the concept is intriguing Mm -hmm. right you have the society you got drugs 
Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. You have like, uh, you have sleep logic coming into play. Mm -hmm. But then it's not subtle, but it's also not approachable in its writing style. And so Mm -hmm. I'll go more into maybe, I have some recommendations that I think accomplish the same thing. And I'm not even saying they do it better, but Mm -hmm. at least when you're reading it or listening to it, you know what's going on. Because half the time I was listening to this, I was just like, He's just talking and talking and talking and talking, and I don't like it. But there was also, like, a part where I... What I imagine it looks like in the text is... It's like... A, like I know a, what you're talking about. A mix of the f- sleep phrases and then, like, text. And then sleep phrases, and it mixes it in. But yeah. when you're listening to it, it's very confusing because he's saying, like, Lenina went to the shop. Orgy, yeah. porgy, orgy, porgy. And then she did this one gram is worth a damn or something and i it was like so confusing to listen to yes um no i know it's overlapping dialogue from three different scenes um and i yeah. totally know what you're talking about like phrases like different paragraphs and i was i hated it i put down overstimulating for this page and it's thank god it's not used later in the book but i was like what is happening and i think that that's what must feel like to live in the society is to have overlapping dialogue all the time because yeah, like, the point of this society is that you're stimulated all the time. Like, you're, like, in a way that's uh, theoretically pleasurable. Because there's, like, yeah, everybody's having sex all the time. Um, mm-hmm. Everybody's on drugs all the time. Um, also, they don't go to the movies. They go to the feelies. And it's this place where you, mm-hmm. like, they, like, give you the sensation of, like, 3D movies and news and stuff. And I'm, like, I you can't can experience everything. anything more horrifying. And... They, okay, yeah, the music, um, they talk about these instruments called saxophones all the time. And I don't know if you caught that listening to it or not, but it's spelled no. like sex. Um, no. I'm saying sex so much in this podcast. I know but, you are. But I don't know what that means. Like, I don't know how that's different from a saxophone. <laughs> you want to you wanna hear a sentence? Go ahead. Um, the saxophones wailed like melodious cats under the moon. <laughs> Moaned in the alto and tenor registers as though the little death were upon them. The rich with the wealth of harmonics, the tremulous chorus mounted towards a climax louder and ever louder until at last, with a wave of his hand, uh, the conductor let loose the final shattering note of ether music and blew the 16 merely human blowers clean out of existence. Um, I bring this up because I wrote down AP Lit. Um, we read this book in AP Lit called like How to Read Like an English Professor or something like that. Um, and I found that book very pretentious, but it pointed to what a chapter has pointed out how like everything sex in literature, um, and how like uh, imagery and like language about sex um, makes its way into stuff. Like in 1984, in like the mm-hmm. five minutes of hate, they use the word climax, and it's like, huh, huh we know what that mm-hmm. means. Um, yeah. And it's the same in this se- in this sentence that I just read, and I hate that that's recorded. <laughs> well, and I, that's what I think too. I was gonna say I think it's. A, supposed to be a subtle conditioning to like encourage and again promiscuous behavior mm-hmm. so they have a saxophone instead of a saxophone or yeah. like even in real times so you had instead of french fries they were freedom fries or you had a freedom burger and it's just getting that language in your mm-hmm. mouth and conditioning you to think about it in such a slight way in another way in a more positive sense or in my opinion like yeah. ways that we can use it positively is like asking what people's pronouns are or something, because mm-hmm. that is conditioning us to think of gender as, uh, like, not a binary. And yeah. so there are small steps that you can take like that, and then in this instance, it's promoting promiscuity, but it's, like, subtly. It's just, yes. if you use the language every day. Mm-hmm. I would say, though, in terms of the literature, like the sentence in the book, I yeah. think it's overkill, because... Oh, I, no, I don't... We get it. We, we get it what the society is all about. I don't know why we needed this. No, the first two like pages I read, I almost texted you. I wanted to text. I was like, this is the reason I hate dystopians. We haven't even gotten to the racist part. We've talked about it a bit. Um, racist, ableist, fatphobic, all these things. Um, because, oh, yeah. Um, but as you said, it's like very anti-indigenous, their portrayal of the indigenous population within the reservation. First of all, the fact that they're like a tourist attraction. Mm-hmm. Um, second of all, they are, yeah, they're just... Um, described as savages they're described as all these negative things they discuss othello a lot also okay john the savage the the character quote-unquote savage he mentions that the the only thing he had to read to read growing up and his mom forced him to learn how to read she taught him how to read it wasn't forced but um he was was shakespeare and like an instruction manual so he quotes shakespeare constantly and i'm like again oh come on guy but he like i think he draws um 
parallels between him and Othello, which I kind of get because it is like, oh, a person of very different cultural background trying to navigate the society in a, like, but at the same time, no. Mm, <laughs> no. Yeah, like, that's a black man. <laughs> that's a black man. Um, no. Um, uh, Linda, uh, like, since she was outside of the um, society, like, didn't, wasn't able to keep up her, her appearances like they like to. Like, she was not thin and she was not young looking. Um, mm-hmm. So everybody was just, like, constantly disgusted by her. And I'm like, okay, nope. <laughs> I have an intended takeaway and a judgment. Okay. It's a dystopian. So the yeah. intended takeaway, I think, is pretty obvious it's just like boo staying the same boo drugging your like boo ignorance is bliss Mm -hmm. um you know this is what will happen if we give into i well i think i read another article and it was like um huxley is telling us that if we embrace technology too much this is what will happen we'll forget Mm -hmm. our humanity um so i think it's also a little bit like fear the possibility that technology could be weaponized against the common man mm-hmm. which i think is also fair but it's also i don't know watch an episode of black mirror don't make me read this <laughs> fucking shit oh, <laughs> and um, then it's also just like it's also capitalism and communism and all that wrapped in sure so that's my intended i, I think that's the takeaway i think that's what mm-hmm. we were supposed to get at the time i don't know if this is still in s- academic curriculum today mm-hmm but if it is, I don't it, like you could see it being taken into looking at it through a political lens. Yeah. Um, and then my judgment is, and we've talked about dystopians and like our reading styles and mm-hmm. you don't really like dystopians and I yeah. used to really like them. And now I understand that I actually don't. I hate them all. <laughs> like I, and I keep thinking of all these other ones and it's just because it's like, I, yeah, I think, I think a lot of them are just so formulaic. Like even if they're mm-hmm. trying to teach you a different lesson, even if it's not about communism or there's not undertones of like politics or whatever which i think also dystopians are pretty much inherently like political but i was like yeah now i figured out i don't like them i also don't like them because they're too formulaic they just hit the same beats and often they're just dumb so that's my judgment i just want to point out um also in the society that they have like these political like positions you know um like the controller the world controller and stuff but there's also the president of the internal and external secretions corporation (laughs) all right um i just want to throw that and um so in the last few chapters when it's like john versus the controller um when they're trying to debate what makes people happy and whatnot um john brings up what about religion but they really only discuss god and Uh. so it's very, you know, Euro-Christian-centric. And I think, yeah, it's always funny, haha, but funny weird, when people say, like, in books, say religion, when they mean Christianity. <laughs> yeah. Well, they say that, and then they just replace every everything that you would say God, and they put forward. I know. And, like, right? there's oh, a 40. Process, <laughs> and they're just like, oh, they're so primitive with their religion. And you're like, you mean Christianity? But then you've just taken that and adapted that. Yeah. And it sounds stupid when you're all saying, like, oh, my Ford. Right. They're like, by Ford, is that the... Da-da? I'm like, you stop. And then, like, they take the crosses and cut them off so they're T's to, for the Ford Model T or whatever car, but okay. Yes, oh, and that's, like, their symbol. I want to... And they, like, they wear it. Like, they have, like, instead of crosses on chains, they have, like, T's. Um, I want to know, when they say... They say all the time, they make the sign of the T, you know, like the sign of the cross. What do you think is are they doing with their with their hands or bodies when they make the sign of the T. I just put together that if it's religious, they're probably doing like, you know, the sign of the cross, like when you cross oh, your forehead, yeah. chest, shoulder, shoulder, head, when toes, you do the, what's head, it shoulders, called? Knees, and the sign of the cross. Yeah. Maybe probably they're doing that. So instead of forehead, chest, shoulder, shoulder, they're probably doing what? Shoulder, shoulder, chest. They're probably doing In which case that's not, that's, that's a triangle. A triangle. <laughs> I don't know. See, this is, I just, or maybe, <laughs> And I wish I could show you visually, right. listeners, but I can't. You'll just have to imagine it. Or maybe they're doing, maybe they're keeping the head. Maybe yeah. they do, wait. Forehead. Maybe they're doing forehead, chest, temple, temple. Just to keep it even. <laughs> just to keep it the capital. What, what maybe they're like, getting their T-zone. <gasps> T-zone. <gasps> no, I was going to say, don't touch the T, then you'll get your cold. <laughs> oh! <laughs> See, this is stuff that I'm like... I think there's so much of this, like the director of secretions and like the Ugh. the obstacle or whatever magnetic magnetic gulf that I'm like, 
maybe this is fully formed in your brain and maybe it is obvious to you, but it's not to me. <laughs> my, so if I were to wrap up my, okay, intended takeaways, yes, consumerism, what makes you happy? Um, how are people being controlled? Like the, all those philosophical questions. Um, would you rather um, live in a society where your every wish is granted and stuff like that? Or be in one where you're, I don't know, challenged just something or whatever. Um, excuse me. Yeah, where you can suffer, but mm -hmm. is the suffering worth it? You it's know. like, would you give up the family unit for that kind of life? I don't know. Maybe there's other things an English teacher would ask me. I ain't an English teacher. We should ask Chadwick. <laughs> oh, you know, I forgot to ask. Did you read this in school? I never did. Um, oh, God. I, I heard, I'd heard about it, but uh, I never read it. I forgot about that segment. Um, I know. Same. Okay. This will tie into my recommendation, but um, I did not read it, but others did. It was a choice book unit for banned books. And mm. every time we do a choice unit, I chose the wrong book. I was always like, this book sucks. I should have chosen the other one. Um, I think for banned books, because people read like Slaughterhouse-Five. I read Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. Um, a lot of people read Brave New World. So, and I was the only one who read Cat's Cradle. So they had like discussions and like could do stuff together. And I was like... I don't understand this book at all, and nobody can help me. <laughs> so, um, you're like, hey, you guys. Uh, they're like, oh, Ford, no. And, you know, like, yeah, I don't know what that means. <laughs> they started making time out. Every <laughs> yeah. time. And I was like, what? Every time, every time you spoke, they just did the the T sign, and you're like, I don't understand. So, no, I didn't read it ever in school. Um, but Perfect. I, it was, I had it on a pedestal because I was like, oh, the cool kids, and that by that I mean five different people than me um yeah. read it and now i'm like wow i did this but my judgment is that with some more editing it could be an interesting story i do believe like yeah. as we discussed it's an interesting book um but it strikes me that they always include in these things that it was written in 1931 and published in 1932 i'm like maybe it should have sat a little yeah. long again i mean listen writing anything and putting out in the world is impressive. The fact, again, the fact that it's still read today, you know, for some reason it is. Um, why? 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 I don't know. Why do we read this at schools? Why? why? <laughs> well, like, okay, and my final thing is you're given polyamory or anything that Ooh, is yes. not monogamy a bad name. Yeah. Because, okay, well, this gets into my own thoughts about, like, mm -hmm. polyamory and or yeah. toxic monogamy and what that yes, looks like. Yeah. And I'm also, I'm not for or against monogamy, but I am against toxic monogamy, mm -hmm. which is, like, and it's a, it's all a nuanced conversation that I that we could all have. Yeah. But this one is, this is what you would, this is what, like, the conservatives think Yes. is polyamory, mm -hmm. is just, like, sexualizing the kids, making them all have sex with each other, and mm -hmm. then having sex with everyone, and no one gets a wife, and blah, blah, blah. And, like, that is not it. With no. polyamory, you have anchor partners, you have blah, blah, blah. Like, mm -hmm. there's all these terms. I don't even know half of it. I've done, right. like... But I know it's research, not this. But it's not... I know, but I know it's not I this. I know for also, fact. It's also not queer. Like, um, no. it is, like, very still heteronormative within that. Um, yeah. And it's also, like... There's forced monogamy, but this is forced polyamory. Like, it is very looked down upon to have, like, to favor someone or to date someone yeah. for, like, a long period of time. I have a final takeaway. <laughs> yeah, take it away. Yes, I think that it could be a good discussion in schools or wherever. Just, yeah, as we mentioned before, the utopia versus dystopia. Because, like, this is seen as a utopia by some characters in the book. And what does that, how is that really different from a dystopia? Like, what, where do we draw the line? Are they different at all? So write that into curriculum when you become an educator. Me? Yeah. Even if you're in a math education, just, yeah. you're like, we're, this is math class, but we're about to read Brave New World in 1984. And they're like, I got a zero on the SAT. And I'm like, well. <laughs> Even two, two, actually. Two. Yeah, mine's a two. Damn it. <laughs> I, I don't think we need to go into it further. I will summarize it. Interesting idea. Pretentious. Mm -hmm. It has potential. It does need the racism and the fat phobia and the stuff. <laughs> yeah. Needs to be remedied. But sexism. It was very clearly written by a man. <laughs> yeah, the colonialism of it all. Yeah, uh, mm. colonizer. To, yes. Yeah. Please. Um, so, yeah, it's a two. 
potential and pretentious. So um, also, just the plot needs to be fixed because um, yeah, who's the who's the protagonist? And you stuff all your philosophizing <laughs> philosophizing into the last two chapters. That's a mistake. That should not be at the end of the book. You know what? This inspires me to write my own dystopian. Oh. But like each chapter is a different person in the society (laughs) yeah because i think that would just make it more interesting and then make maybe a little more inclusive because yes you know let's say we follow like chapter one or part one is yeah and then it's bernard who's because you have lena who's who's female presenting and then again we many other things would change but that makes okay that makes me excited oh my (laughs) god i'm not gonna write this I am so excited for you because, yes, okay, in dystopians, I think we overinflate the power of the individual. Yeah. <laughs> um, the individual to stand up against, okay, maybe, maybe, mm, what fails oh, in all these dystopians this. is that it's one person against the whole machine. In yeah. the Hunger Games, there is Katniss alone, but then she gets this whole team and this whole rebellion and stuff. Yeah. Um, and the giver, it's just the giver against everybody else. These two, it's one person against the machine. Um Mm, mm. maybe we're overinflating the power of like one person we need to recognize that uh this grassroots oh my gosh um plus, oh my gosh we've done it we've done it plus, plus your take is just so much more interesting than like this one person oh my god um people in different levels of society coming together oh mm, 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 mm. chef's kiss wow you're a genius okay thank you you're welcome okay uh that's it that's our ratings two and two the power of two. The power of two. <laughs> <laughs> um, recommendations. I'm doing mine. I want everybody here. Yes. Your assigned reading is to read Cat's Cradle by Kurt Vonnegut. And then explain to me <laughs> what was supposed to go, what was going on in that book. Because I was like 15, struggling, didn't understand it, need help, please. Um, but I also um, have another recommendation that I did not read, which is because um, last night I was telling Maya about this book, you know, and she said she recommended Cultish, the language of fanaticism by Amanda mm. Montel, because um, we were talking about the kids in the book Brave New World being conditioned to not fear death. And she said that's like common in cults because then you get more detached from your like fellow cult members because like, you know, if they die, um, they're You're like... like we're not afraid. Or yeah, it's, yeah. Like, um, it's easier to convince cult members that like um, dying is just kind of the next step. You know, you get to go to the next level of whatever they're, um, you know, I'm whatever. Going, I'm leveling up, <laughs> you guys. Bye. Oh I'm like, whatever, um, whatever their beliefs I believe in yeah. at the time. Um, and then you're, then you're more willing to risk your life for the cult leader of the cult in general because you don't fear it as much. Um, so, yeah, those are my two recommendations. One I've read and didn't understand and one I have not read at all. Thank you, Maya, so much. Wonderful. I also have two recommendations. Right. They're both dystopians, and I'm not saying they do a better job, but they do an at least an approachable job, and one that I found somewhat engaging. So, and I've I think I've recommended both of these already because sorry, y'all. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Moon Moon by Jesse Andrews, which covers classism and uh, the idea that you're. Physical size in life is dependent on your economic status and you have bigs and you have littles and they all live in the same world. And like, how do you rise to the top is in a world that isn't built for you. If you're like really physically small or something. Um, And again, it's just, it's approachable at at the very least, maybe too approachable. Maybe this book is actually secretly for a child and I'm just, uh, (laughs) I'm not, I don't have the, I maybe. Um, And then the other one is Individutopia by Josh Sheldon. And I actually, I read both of these, like, physically with my eyes. Oh, so, whoa. Pat on the back for me, I know. Yeah, um, right? This one, I would say, is very YA. Mm. And it's very simplistic. Again, I don't mean that in a bad way, but it sure. just is. And that one, yeah, is, like, what if we were all individuals? You all live in pods. You never interact with each other, but it's kind of, like, matrixy. Like, you're all sitting next to each other, but you're all in your own pods, your own worlds. You buy things, like there's an element of capitalism at mm-hmm. play. Um, and then the, our main character, whose name I already forgot, but it's this woman, uh, you know, quote unquote, wakes up and then realizes the world around her is like this disgusting place, but the only reason she can't see it is because she's like, whatever. So two approachable books yeah. that are dystopian. Anyways, 
what about uh what are you currently reading uh currently i don't really know if i can say i'm currently in anything i've been in basically since i moved i've been in a reading slump like it's been i've started a lot and not continued a lot um and I've tr- i keep trying different books um mm-hmm. i'm just not feeling anything right now um but since last time i've only read one book which is god's behaving badly by marie phillips which was for book club so that was required reading um it was all right <laughs> i have a lot of books that i've bought <laughs> and there you go there you go there you go yeah both electronic and physical that i just haven't like i've, I've started some of them and nope just no just nope. no uh what about you also a bit of a reading slump for me currently as always animorphs the invasion mm-hmm. um Blood on the Books or the Powell's Play, I've been reading for like three billion years and mm-hmm. I just will never finish it. Screenwriting is Rewriting by Jack Epps Jr., Ooh. which is like a rewriting manual thing. It's like technical and that one, I'm like 30 pages away from the end, but I have not been able to find the time to actually read it. Mm. Um, writing Immersive Contents, which is also a textbook for class. I think I'm going to drop that. I'm not going to read that bootleg Ooh. shit. It's like <laughs> fucking... It's part of a class that I'm fucking done with. But And then I am currently slowly trailing behind the book club and i'm listening to tender as the flesh oh right yeah Yay. i know i know no one liked that book i am also like i don't really like it uh-huh. i didn't finish it <laughs> yeah i mean when you listen to it it's it's easier because you just like you like listen you just and force yourself like, through just... it yeah and then i'm just gonna zone out now while like clean my house <laughs> or something um but that's it but also we're over halfway through the year and i've only yeah. read 40 read or listened to 40 books so you know i'm about to listen to like 22 minute long books oh, yeah. and then log it i'm like ah oh yeah wait okay i have actually been reading a manga spy family um because i've watched the anime oh, read yeah. the manga so i'm almost cut up um we're counting that it's counted and in, in my defense not that i need to defend myself but just for your interest i have been busy like crocheting and watching elementary we watching gravity falls um, this week I watched Umbrella the Grand Academy. Best Hotel. Yes. Oh yeah, Umbrella Academy. Yeah. Um, I've watched. I've been watching a lot of movies lately. I'll, I'll nice. give myself yeah. that credit. Yeah. So I've been consuming some sort of pop culture. Um, mm. And then since last time I finished <laughs> the Bassoon King, which is the memoir by Rain Wilson, aka Dwight Schrute. And then I listened to Bird by Bird by Anne Lamott, who is a writer, and that one's also more of like a prosaic rewriters like book on craft but i really like Anne lamont um and i did like bird by bird i would recommend it Mm. well that brings us to the end of the podcast pretty much every time we say this is going to be a fast one we end up spending a long long longer (laughs) yeah no should have uh oopsie shitsies so if you have anything to say, please contact us via our email or our Twitter. Please. Our email please. is readingnotreading at gmail.com. Spelled R-E-A-D-I-N-G-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-I-N-G at gmail.com. Our Twitter is at sign readnotreadpod. At sign R-E-A-D-N-O-T-R-E-A-D-P-O-T. Excellent. <laughs> Who named it that? I think I did. <laughs> Oh, well, because we tried to do uh, Reading Not Reading, and it was too long. Yes. Yeah. So we had to adjust. Mm, um, you can also go to our bookshop or our website. Both links will be in the episode description. Mm-hmm. Um, our website has all of our back catalog. Uh, it has, like, a bunch of links. You can also access our bookshop through there or our email or our Twitter. Um, and then our bookshop... Explain it to them, Laura, because I'm sure. not very good Bookshop. at Bookshop.org is a website where you can order books and some of your proceeds go to independent bookstores. They're also subsidized or whatever, I don't know, so slightly cheaper than normal. And if you use our affiliate link, you also send us commissions with your purchases so that we can... Uh, uh, fund consume. our... Consume. Yeah, we, so we consume, so we can... Um, Be part our, of the freaking machine. Ford. Yeah. So we talked a lot about Shakespeare, and it's uh, going to be August soon, which means... I don't know why we did this to ourselves. I know. <laughs> I like we, we punished ourselves once, and then we're like, well, I guess like this, this is the year, thing now. In particular, I think our book list has been terrible. 
Yeah, no, we made horrible choices. Yeah, we did. Um, but it's back to school month for many people in the U.S., myself included. Oh, me too. included. Um, which means we will read or listen to a Shakespeare work. And this month, this upcoming month, what is it? Macbeth. By William Shakespeare. <laughs> yay! <Woo. laughs> AKA not yay. This is gonna freaking suck. Oh my god, what the hell? <laughs> so tune in next month, uh, or just tune in next episode, and suffer with us. Yeah. Woo! <laughs>